Welcome to Warnsville Reaching New Heights. I'm your host, June Scharf, and I'm very happy to share that my guest today is Garrick Doss, the owner of a Chick-fil-A franchise on the corner of Richmond and Harvard. He's done exceptionally well at this franchise, being a leader among all of them in the Northeast Ohio area in terms of sales. And he also has been very philanthropic in the community, very active in people's lives, both uh, at his restaurant and elsewhere. He really seeks to uh, reach out and help others. And he shares a lot of wisdom that he's collected along the way. It has not been a straight up trajectory for him. He has had challenges and he's very transparent with that information. So please enjoy this conversation with Garrick Doss. Garrick Doss, welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Sure. Um, I want to start out with the headlining element to your life, which is you are an owner of a Chick-fil-A on Harvard, at Harvard Park. Uh, that's correct. And how long have you owned it? Hey, believe it or not, it's been eight years. It was eight years in August. Excellent. Um, so tell me what was involved with that process, because it could not have been simple. <laughs> no, um, some people would say it's easier to get in the CIA and FBI than it is to become a Chick-fil-A operator. Um, I think some of the last numbers I looked at, they received like 27,000 applications or 20,000 applications, and they might award 75 franchises. Um, and for the record, um, I'm not that smart or that bright. Um, I was just blessed to get in to be a Chick-fil-A operator. and. Uh, and it's been a blessing for us since that time. Well, I think we'll add that you're very humble, too. But you are very accomplished, and we're going to pursue all of that. So what was that moment like when they told you? Was it a phone call? Was it a letter in the mail, an email? So the process is pretty, it's pretty ongoing. It's long, right? So you have to fill out an interest questionnaire, and then you have to fill out, then they'll send you a link based on those things, whether or not they would send you the application link. Then you fill out the application, then you do a phone interview, and then they send someone to the, in this case, uh, the Ohio area, and they did a bunch of interviews there. Um, and then if you pass that, then they'll invite you, uh, they'll invite you down to Atlanta. Their headquarters? Yes, mm -hmm. that's where the headquarters is at. And then if you, um, if that works out, if you happen to be married, which I am, um, they'll invite uh, you and your um, spouse back to Atlanta for a final interview, and that's when they awarded us the franchise. My wife and I were in Atlanta, so it was pretty. It was a pretty crazy day that day. Matter of fact, my wife um, teaches a Bible study, and so we were gonna fly out, but the weather was bad, so we ended up driving uh, that the night before from uh, Ohio to Atlanta, and we didn't get out of the Ohio area till about one o'clock in the morning. I mean, one o'clock in the afternoon. We got to Atlanta around one o'clock in the morning up early they awarded us the franchise and we were so excited so we drove back that same day it was amazing but so you could tell everyone <laughs> share the good news how did you choose harvard park as your location well once again that's uh, pretty much controlled by chick-fil-a they pick all the locations um, and they have an interesting franchise model so they own the building um, we, we pretty much own just the business inside of it we pay them a six percent rent and a 15 percent franchise fee or how did you get interested in becoming the franchise owner because we are going to cover what you were doing before that not the second <laughs> but what made you decide to go in this direction so um as you can tell by uh, my bio my resume i spent a large part of my life uh, working for general motors 
and growing up in Detroit, um, and I don't know how much we'll want to cover that. But in any event, um, you know, working for one of the big three at the time was what you, you know, everybody wanted to do. Um, and I was also blessed to have that opportunity. But never, nevertheless, um, back in 2007, 2008, GM uh, downsized. They sold an equity stake um, of GMAC to a, a uh, investment firm, if you want to call it that, in New York called Cerberus. Bottom line is they asked me and my family to relocate from uh, Northern Ohio to uh, Southern California. And, uh, and at that time, my son was going into his senior year of high school and my dad had just passed away in Michigan. So there were a number of personal reasons that we couldn't make that move. Um, and by the way, Gene was real good for me and my family, so, so no dispersions uh, meant to be that way. But make a long story short, they offered me executive vice president of our call centers and uh, I could work out of my office at my home here, and I had an office in Southfield, but um, at the end of the day, um, when we were praying, what Lord laid on my heart uh, was, were, were we going to trust him or were we going to trust Jim at the time? And, uh, and so we decided to, to continue to let the Lord lead, and uh, so we left, and when I, before I left, I filled out an application to be a Chick-fil-A operator and to buy a GM dealership, and so... One and to buy a GM dealership? Yeah, separately, separate, di different applications. Wow, what happened with that? Well, by, you know, once again, by the grace of God, that didn't work out because, as I said, it was 2008, and as you know, the markets mm -hmm. crashed, so I would have lost a little bit of money that we had. Um, and a year after that, the uh, Chick-fil-A just came into being, and it really processed, worked through. About 18 months later, we go from being underemployed and unemployed to a uh, Chick-fil-A operator, so... It's miraculous, but still, why Chick-fil-A? Did were you already eating it frequently? Was it in your neighborhood? So we moved here from Atlanta. Um, that was part of our, you know, nobody in my house is born in the same states. Okay, we 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 moved like thirteen times, some crazy number within my corporate career. Anyway, and uh, Chick-fil-A's values match my values, and so when I looked at uh, two things to do outside of uh, outside of uh, corporate America. It was on the GM dealership because I was familiar with that business and a Chick-fil-A because their values match my values. Great brand, great people, closed on Sundays, a lot of things that made that space uh, more appealing to me than any other thing. So, How does uh, the ownership of this franchise affect your daily life? <laughs> so, uh, you know, if we were to be just transparent, I think uh, the first 90 days I was ready to give keys back uh, because it was just... I think a lot of it was me more than anything else because I was so consumed with the business and uh, wanting to uh, wanting to you know to be the best at it and to do everything I could do. Um, I didn't let my people lead, and so uh, you know, so after 90 days, we got some good leaders in there, and uh, so it's a lot easier than it was in the beginning. You know, 80 hours a week, so now I might do 20, 25 hours a week. So it was a grind that you oh, had to absolutely. get through. In the beginning, absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of their models is you're in business uh, for yourself but not by yourself. So they, had, they provided a lot, of, a lot of help, a lot of marketing support, a lot of uh, in-restaurant support, which helped me in the transition coming from a, a finance background with General Motors and GMAC Financial Services into uh, a fast food, quick service, entrepreneurial job. Yeah, it was different. Do you remember the first day it opened? Oh, absolutely. What was that like? So we did, at that time, we were doing the first 100, so there were people there. 
the night before, and if you you know you were one of the first 100 to line up, you could actually have Chick Fil A for a year. So I was uh, I think I maybe got three hours of sleep that night because I was there with the, with the uh, with the customers lining up, and I was there first thing in the morning when we opened. And Dan Cathy, the president, uh, the president and founder son, was there, and uh, it was pretty it was pretty impressive. How have you impacted uh, the professional lives of those in Warrensville Heights with uh, job opportunities? So currently we probably employ roughly around 80 people. Um, and what's really been a blessing for us to, <clears throat> is to see some of the students who would <clears throat> some of the students who went to college for the first time, some have come back, some have become nurses and lawyers. It's been pretty pretty good to just see how they they come from catching a bus to work to buying their first car. and just to see some of the lives impacted. And as a side note, I will tell you, um, before we opened the doors of Chick-fil-A, uh, Harvard Park, my wife and I went into the building, and at that time it, wasn't, it hadn't been open for business yet. And we actually got on our knees in the dining room and uh, just asked God to let this be a, a, not just a ministry, but an impact in the community. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride. That's very moving. I got to tell you, that's that's something. It is what it is, you know. I, uh, you know, not to uh, not to continue that, but you know, yeah, I've got a little thing that I say to to our team members and to young people that I talk to. Um, you know, life is in life you can have it, right? And the H stands for a healthy fear of God, because a healthy fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And then we get into the A and the V, and I don't know how much time we have to go through all that, but you know. That'll be part of my book whenever God's let me to read that. So Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Um, there are eight other uh, franchises in Northeast Ohio, and I wondered how yours compares, you know, in terms of sales. So there are, um, when you look at, there's, there's some in Youngstown, Toledo, Akron, Canton area, and the Cleveland market, so there are quite a few. If you look just... Uh, just the retail piece, taken out outside sales, catering, that kind of stuff. We lead the market. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. That's big. If you put total sales in there, uh, last year we came in second, um, which is good. If you look at our if you look at our footprint, we have probably the smallest restaurant in this market. Um, but yet, uh, sales are sales have been fantastic. So thank everybody in Warrensville and the rest surrounding areas for your support. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, what you've done for the community beyond Chick-fil-A, because I know that you uh, have contributed in meaningful ways. Can you tell us a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. So um, we did some mentorship last year in the Warrensville school system. Um, you know, we had Chick-fil-A Leader Academy in Warrensville High School um, before as well. Um, we we try to do stuff in all the surrounding areas, Orange, you know, Warrensville, Shaker, you know. Um, I think anything we can do to help the next generation or that, that generation, that younger generation, um, if we can help solve problems today, they'll help solve problems in the future, right? So that's kind of how we look at it. Um, last night I was actually in the juvenile detention center uh, here in, uh, on Green in Warrensville. I guess that's Warrensville, right? I believe so. If yeah. not, it's Highland Hills, but yeah. right there on the border. Yeah, 4321, I believe, I think is it's the Highland address. Hills. Yeah, green, yeah. green. Yeah, so I was there last night with the ministry, and uh, they had a chance to meet some young people that were detained, and it just, uh, 
it touched my heart, and, uh, and I agreed to go back at a future date to bring Chick-fil-A and also uh, tell a little bit of my story. Maybe I can help uh, in the re-entry process um, with those uh, young men as well. So you do give away a lot of free food. Yeah. Yeah. It was People least, should know that. <laughs> yeah, well, so yeah, for the right cause, right? You know, um, my wife and I, who happens to be my marketing director, we'll sit down and begin it every year. Um, we'll get a budget, and then we determine um, what charities uh, that we want to help, right? We can't help them all. But, you know, um, the least of these are always, always part of my heart. And the young people are always part of my heart, you know. So family reunions and stuff like that, no, but, you know. Are there any personal details you'd care to share in terms of your kids, any pets, hobbies, and <laughs> future plans for you? Because you are an ambitious man. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. <laughs> so as far as my personal life, I'm, uh, my wife and I, uh, later this month, would have been married, will be married for 30 years. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. It's, it's been a blessing, and I, but it's a lot of work, right? Mm -hmm. um, we have three children, two daughters and a son. Um, all, everybody in my household has a college degree. Um, I happen to have an MBA, so I wish the rest of them would catch up with that as well. We do have a pet. Uh, he's, he's getting old just like the rest of us. He's probably 13 years old now. Uh, we got him at a shelter. What kind of dog is uh, mutt it's a mutt? Yeah, it's, it's a mutt, man. It's the best mutt ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, my two, uh, my two younger kids went to The Ohio State University. Mm -hmm. One has a degree in biological engineering and the other has a, a degree in international studies and political science. Uh, the one has a degree in international studies and political science, spent two and a half years with the Peace Corps teaching English, and about two and a half years in South Korea teaching English with Talk America. Very impressive. Yeah, so she's home. Uh, she just took a job with a nonprofit in Baltimore. And our oldest daughter is a CPA and controller for Baltimore Life in Maryland as well. So, now as far as future plans, um, you know, uh, it's some of the stuff is confidential, but uh, I am uh, in the process of uh, trying to write a book. Uh, a good friend of mine, a couple of years ago, asked me or suggested that that might be the right thing to do, and so I've been uh, ghostwriting that book. Uh, with a friend of mine, Andrea Bernier, the meteorologist, uh, local guy. He's uh, a good friend. What is your subject? It's uh, <laughs> so it's it's one of those things I'm struggling with, but it'll be somewhat uh, business related. But so this is nonfiction. It'll, it'll be a little little. It'll be nonfiction, okay. but uh, more biblically based, uh, business based, hopefully inspirationally based uh, book for the. You know, we'll see. Sounds sounds very uh, ambitious and exciting. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's, it takes a lot of discipline to write a book. Yeah, but I, think I, you I, I can't tell you uh, that we're there yet, but we are in the process. Um, I also have a, uh, a couple of business opportunities I'm looking at. Just not so much for me. One of the one of my passions um, is to try to figure out how to create generational wealth and uh, and how to employ other, you know, more people, right? Um, I think, you know, if one thing I've learned from my corporate career is that, so my office here in Ohio, when I was with GMAC as a vice president, we controlled, I don't know, eight to nine billion dollars in assets, right? To hire somebody, I had, you know, a white paper and it's got to go through all these channels. It's kind of ridiculous, right? You can trust me with, you know, eight, nine billion of your dollars, but you can't trust me to hire somebody if I thought any, right? It's kind of crazy. 
So, you know, you own your own business and you can make those decisions every day. And when I look at the community at large, um, and I look at some of the needs of some of our young people, if we can continue to economic growth, and I'm so happy for some of the economic growth we've had here in Warrensville and the surrounding areas, that's what we need to do. People need hope, kids need hope, kids need a future. So if we can find a way to employ some more people and make an impact generationally, yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I think the basis for your success, one source of it, is the fact that you were willing to take a risk. And you had faith and belief in yourself and other forces at play. Um, is that something you try to impart to others? Is that, is that really a foundational element? Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, I can't tell you, um, other than God's favor, what was different between me and some other people in my neighborhood, right? I grew up in Detroit. Um, I would say, you know, some people would say relatively poor. Some people would say lower middle class. I can tell you, I just grew up and it was great, right? Were you working through your t throughout your childhood? Uh, yeah, I did. I, my my uh, grandfather had a used car reconditioning business, so I was working with him at 12 and 13 years old. So I've worked hard all my life, and that's one of the... Um, things that uh, if my dad was still living, I'd tell him how much he's impacted my life with that. Work um, ethic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things my dad would say is, you know, son, you need to walk like a racehorse. And I said, you know, I'm not sure what that means, dad. And he says, if you ever look at a racehorse, no racehorse gets in those gates and thinks they're going to lose. Their heads are always up looking forward, right? Every one of those horses believe when, the, when that gun goes off or whatever, the starter starts, they can win that race. And life is like that. We all have circumstances, man. We can all say, you know, I was born this, I was born that, single family. It doesn't matter. It's how you respond to the adversity, right? And so, yeah, I mean, if I can, if I can depart that in some young people, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I worked three part-time jobs to pay my way through undergrad. Three. You've got grit. <laughs> Definitely have some grit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how much grit I got anymore, but yeah, yeah, I did. How old are you? Oh my God, really? Yeah. I'm 59. That's nothing. Um, I, I just, I think it's nice to share that to show, you know, what you've done for the last 30 years. <laughs> well, the other thing I would tell years. everybody is, you know, um, life will take time. And being successful in life will take time, whatever that looks like for you. It's not instant. And I think sometimes th those younger kids, younger generation, I can say that because I'm a parent of three of them, they want it now. And that's not, they see, they see for, if you look at me, you see today. You, they don't want to look or hear the journey, right? They don't want to hear about working three part-time jobs. They don't want to hear that. They want to, you know, we see you today. I want that today. And that's not how life works, right? That's a good point. It's patience. Absolutely. It's a lot of patience. And, and I don't want to say blind faith, but just faith that it's going to work and being that racehorse. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I mean, I think what Zoe's saying, right? You know, in life, you get in what, you know, you get out what you put in. Um, if you don't want to put anything in, you're going to get just that out, right? You're going to get nothing out of it. But if you can put it in, if you can put the work in, I mean, LeBron James, God bless him, you know, Great physical specimen, but practice, right? Absolutely. Tiger, we don't see it, but it's going on. Absolutely. Tiger Woods, great golfer. Practice. I mean, business, education, work. I mean, it takes effort. It takes what it, 
Yeah. Whatever it is you, you, you know, you're called to do, you got to put the work in. But it does help to have mentors, and it sounds like you are serving that role for plenty of people. I try. And that's got to be satisfying and rewarding <laughs> for you. Yeah, it is, um, especially with those who get it. Okay. You know, I could, you know, one, one last parting thought mm-hmm. is that you truly can have it. Right, you can truly have what it is in life you're looking for, and um, but it takes the H, which is a healthy fear of God, the A, which is attitude. Right, you know Charles Wendell has a great quote, and it pretty much says, you know, ninety percent of life is how you respond to things, and ten percent are the things themselves. And the V would be for a victorious attitude. You've got to believe that you're that racehorse, and then you've got to believe that you can win this race of life, right? Legitimately, just, and then the E stands for effort. You just put in the work. And if you can get that, if you can just nail that process, you know, everybody in the world can be successful. And I believe that. Well, thank you for that wisdom. That will go far. Well, Garrick, we see you as a highly successful role model in this community. Mayor Sellers thinks very highly of you. We all appreciate what you're doing for those in this community. So I want to thank you for being here and being a wonderful guest. Oh, it's my pleasure, and hopefully you'll invite me back. Definitely. would be happy to do that. <laughs>